Hello, friends. I'm Annie. And I'm Annie. You're listening to the Macros Universe podcast. Your weekly podcast for a dose of random facts, lightheartedness, health, and fitness, and everything under the universe. Welcome to the Macros Universe podcast, episode 21. Today we have our guest, Kimberly. But first, Annie is going to give us our random fact of the day. Hey, so for the random fact of the day today, since President's Day is basically coming up yesterday, I think by the time we release this podcast, yeah, yeah, like yesterday would have been President's Day. So let's do a President's Day one. So President's Day is a federal holiday celebrated on the third Monday in February. It was originally established in 1885 in recognition of President George Washington, whose birthday was on February 22nd, 1732. Now, the holiday is still officially known by the federal government as Washington's birthday, but the holiday became popularly known as President's Day after it was moved as part of 1971's Uniform Monday Holiday Act which also then included Abraham Lincoln's birthday as part of the celebration. And his birthday was on February 12th of 1809. So this was actually an attempt to create more three-day weekends for the nation's workers. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, President's Day was created not just to celebrate, you know, Washington's birthday or Lincoln's birthday, or now we kind of like celebrate all the president's birthdays, right, on President's Day. But it, it was created so that the workers can have more three-day weekends. I'm a fan of three-day weekends. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'm like, how about we just do three-day weekends every week? <laughs> Let's just have a holiday every Monday. <laughs> so okay, anyways. Kimberly, do you want to introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so you can call me Kim. <laughs> Kimberly is like why my mom calls me and it's oh, gotcha. angry at me. No, Kimberly. Like, my my handle says Kimberly, so it's like so everyone calls me Kimberly. I'm like, I should probably do something about that. So I am a fitness and nutrition coach and I've been doing this for like about four years now. Coming back from a weird background of IT as IT in IT, so totally different um, you know, place. But I work with a lot of women that have a fat loss goal, but a lot of it is a lot of mindset work that we do as well and working through some of their um, underlying beliefs and some of the big things that we can conquer to move them out of like self-sabotaging behaviors and getting them to a better place where they feel like they're more thriving rather than just surviving. Love it. So when you say IT, like what, what was your job? Yeah. So I was uh, an application support manager. So I managed a team of like eight, eight guys, eight dudes. Um, and we worked. Ooh, how was that? <laughs> it was, uh, it was good. They were amazing. I loved, I loved oh, the guys. Good. It was, I worked at a uh, Puma, the shoe company. So we managed like all of the oh, that's cool. regional type of applications and stuff like that and made sure they're up and running. So did you, while you were working for Puma, did you end up with the closet full of Puma shoes? I still have them. Yeah. And we had so many stuff. We get sample sizes and all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah. 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 So. Um, so just real quickly. So what, what took you from IT into the health and nutrition world? So I think it kind of plays into probably the perfectionist stuff, but years ago I was actually trying to become a, or I went to school, didn't have no clue what I wanted to do. And I was just like, all right. Um, 
tried like five different things, went into nutrition, was going to dietetics, and then 9-11 happened and decided that I was going to go try to like save the world and go into the military, went into the military basic camp, basically, and then um, was medically discharged during AIT training. And that's when I came back and was like, let me finish with whatever I can, which was sociology. And then I ended up just getting a part-time job or a temp job in an IT department. And that's where I got started. And I ended up got my master's in IT and everything from there. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. That's such a cool story. I feel like someone should make a movie out of you. This is like a movie worthy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I feel like I, you know, I found my path back here because it's like, it was so, a love of mine, you know, nutrition and fitness. And I thought it was just normal for people to be obsessed with, you know, like food and fitness and things like that. And I realized that it was like, you know, something that actually was my purpose basically. Oh, that love awesome. that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have some fabulous questions for you today. And so the first one we're going to start out with is how do you define perfectionism and how do you feel like that plays into a person's uh, fitness journey? Yeah. Now I know I was thinking about this and it's really like high expectations on ourselves, right? It plays out that where unrealistic expectation or um, feelings about what we should be doing. But I heard something and it was one of my mentors and I, I, it was, maybe I'm like jacking this up and as I recall it, but it was like, it's not feeling good enough in action, right? Because so many of us, when we have a fitness journey, it's for some reason that we're just not feeling good about ourselves. We're not feeling good because of our childhood of anything that could have happened. Like we're working for a lifelong, trying to lose weight, whatever that may be. And it just plays out uh, in the actions that we're taking, um, the things that we're not doing good enough at and everything along those lines. So that's where I feel like where uh, perfectionist kind of shows up. And I think about it as anything, we even start something new, like as children, we just so naturally like pick things up and we try and we're okay with it. And we're not worried about what anybody's thinking, but oftentimes in our fitness journey, we're so worried about like, you know, I feel like it's really a lot of times tied to um, like worrying what other people think and people pleasing and a lot of that happening there when it comes to a person's fitness journey. But so often like the kids just like pick up, you know, like riding a bike and they'll just fall on their face like 20 times. But we're so scared of not doing things perfectly. Uh, (laughs) And I feel like that's how it plays out. And that's why I really like kind of define it and how it plays into the person's fitness journey. Will you repeat what you said? Um, I now I, I can't remember quite how you said yeah. it. It's it, in action. What, what was yeah, that? It was, it's like not feeling good enough in action, not feeling good enough in action. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like I said, I think that was from like a mentor that I heard from a while ago, but it just like popped in my head the other day. And I'm like, Ooh, I think I heard that somewhere. So I don't want to take credit for it, but that's kind of like how it plays out. Right. Not feeling like we have such high expectations of ourselves and nothing we do is good enough when it comes to like perfectionist tendencies. I love that. And you were talking about childhood and that made me think of, you know, as kids, when we go to the grocery store and we see like a penny on the ground, it's like, we found treasure. It's like (laughs) the most amazing feeling, right? Like, and then like, as an adult, you know, you go into the grocery store, you see a penny. It's like, meh, it's not even like worth bending over. And uh, because it's our expectations, right? Like what we, you know, as, as a child, it's like, we don't expect anything out of the penny. It's like, oh, it's treasure. But as an adult, it's just like, what can a penny buy me? Nothing. Like, why do I? Oh, that penny is covered in germs. Who has touched it? I don't know who's touched it, right? Like all these scenarios start going through our heads. And it's like on our fitness journey, when we are, you know, 
whether it's a goal, whether it's, you know, like body physique, you know, workout health, like we have to set expectation, like you said, of what we want it to look like. And then when it doesn't meet our expectation, we're sad, we're let down, we feel like we didn't accomplish anything. And I, I just love how you defined that. That was great. Yeah. And we're the hardest on ourselves. And with that penny thing, the thing that pops up too, is, and this is how I would think about this, is if I saw the penny, I'd be like, oh, what do, is, if someone else saw me pick up that penny, would they think like I'm super cheap or something? So oh, yeah, like, exactly. I'd be right? like embarrassed <laughs> to pick up the penny because someone else is going to think there's something of me. But we don't do that as like children because we're just, no. again, it's like conditioned thoughts of like, again, the perfectionist tendencies, not feeling good enough and that type of stuff that pops up. Now, if, if it was a dime, would that yeah. change your mind? Maybe, probably. <laughs> or a quarter, definitely a half dollar or a gold dollar, right? That's, that's totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Super interesting. Okay. So you talked about this a little bit, but will you go a little deeper into some examples of perfectionism? Yeah. And you know, I think if we think about like macros and tracking and stuff like that, that's like a big one, right? Is having to hit everything perfectly or having to do it perfectly in the beginning, having to know everything, having the full knowledge of everything. Um, you know, a lot of times I think it also comes into comparison, I would say like, you know, someone else, maybe they started tracking macros and they saw such great results, or we look online and we see these fitness influencers and they're like going into a cut and they're like, so quickly, you know, they have endless motivation. They have all this consistency. So it's e so easy to compare ourselves. So when we're, um, like, it's, it comes, I think it's like a related a lot to like that all or nothing thinking that happens too, right? Because it's like, we have to do it perfectly. And if we're not doing it perfectly, then why even bother? So it may show up to like, um, if I don't have like, you know, an hour to do my full workout, like why even bother or something along those lines. And then for, you know, what I've seen too, is like this feeling of good and bad foods showing up where it's like that perfectionist tendency start to you know, show up, like, I should be able to say no to sugar, like I hear this all the time, I should be able to do this. And a lot of those heavy shoulds that end up playing out on us and feeling really, really heavy. Um, and that's what I think of like, perfectionism has like a feeling or perfection has a feeling, right? It feels like really heavy. And anytime you have that, like high expectations of yourself, and you feel like a lot of those shoulds or anything like that, you start to think like, okay, there's something happening here of like, how I'm putting higher expectations of myself than I really need to be having. And I think that's really interesting, too, because Annie and I were both parents and Kimberly, yeah. you have kids, too. Right. And so, like, as parents, uh, we always tell our kids, oh, like, you don't have to be perfect, you know. But then when it comes to ourselves, it's like, oh, like, all of a sudden we get into this mindset of, no, like, if it's not perfect, then why bother? Mm -hmm. And it's it's just so interesting that we don't expect others to be perfect, but we expect ourselves to be perfect. And instead of striving for perfectionism, why not strive for progress? Right? Right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we are our hardest, you know, our worst critics all the time. <laughs> and that's Definitely. what I think that so many women struggle with, too, especially when this like fitness journey, because again, it's so easy to look and compare and a lot of that pops up too. And in, in like, comparison to ourself, like our past self too happens a lot, I feel like. And then we're like, okay, well, I used to be able to do this. And now why can't I now when it, maybe we have like kids running around and like life's a little bit more chaotic. So we can't really do a uh, true comparison. 
Yeah, I think past Love comparison that. to self is huge. We look at a past version of ourselves so often and we're like, why can't I? Yeah, like I did that before, so I must be able to do it again. But now like my body looks different or whatever it is. And and yeah, I mean, there's like, because life looks different. It looks different than it did 10 years ago. So it makes sense that your body would look different than it did 10 years ago. Yeah, totally. I mean, our, our, we're always constantly changing. We just can't compare ourselves to at any point in time because the season's always different. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. I heard a lot of things that would happen with your clients if they um, are focused so much on perfectionism that it holds them back. So have you seen um, any other examples, whether in your life or in your client's life, that when they are so focused on perfectionism, how that affects them in their progress? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I can go into a second and like my story a little bit. Cause that, that probably is about every, I can relate to either side of things of like someone and perfectionist, like the on and off all or nothing mindset. But you know, a lot of times too, it comes down to like inaction, right. Or procrastination because it, unless I can do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. And that's why I see with a lot of clients, heavy expectations of themselves of like, I, even if I have a coach, I should be able to like get this done or I should be able, like, you know, I've been working with a client right now and um, I've been working with her for about a year. And she feel like, she's like, I should have this together now for my workout. She's like on point with her nutrition, but for her, like her, her struggle is her, her, Uh, fitness, right? Getting her workouts. And it's just something she doesn't enjoy. And, and a lot of like that mindset of being hard on herself, like I should already have this done. And then she does a lot of like, again, comparison to her old self where she'd had a time where she was doing, doing all that stuff. But I feel like we get, I see clients just kind of stall their progress, right? Uh, Maybe it comes down to like not tracking because they can't do it perfectly. Like they'll go out and they do like, I have no clue what is in this food, or they don't know what the expectation is like ahead of them of like, maybe they're going in a reverse and they don't know how, what, what's like ahead of them. And so they're just kind of stalled and they're just kind of like not moving forward for, cause they have a sense of fear. That's going to just kind of pop up of like the unknown or like anything else. And, you know, I think as I play into my own story is that I recall like years ago, like hearing perfectionism and I was like. I'm not a perfectionist because I'm not perfect. And it like, to me, it's so funny to think back on that. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's like a true definition of someone who's a perfectionist, but I truly didn't believe I was, I, I didn't think I was like type a, cause I didn't have it. I didn't have my, like anything together. I felt like, like I was just like all over the place. And I was so inconsistent with stuff. I'm like, if you're a perfectionist, you should have all these high achieving things. And for myself, it was this constant battle of just trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight. Um, And my sister, I remember even just saying at one point in time is like, Kim, you are always, you're so hard on yourself and you're trying, you're always trying so hard. And I'm just like, I didn't get, I'm like, I'm not hard on myself. So for me, it was a lot of like negative self-talk and this constant, like, just nothing's nothing I do is good enough. And that comes back to like kind of what I talked about a little bit too. And I just, felt like it held me back so much because I was so worried about what other people were thinking of me that I could never actually move forward and and get any momentum because I was just, I would stall my own progress. Like I just, it was like nothing I did um, felt right. Wasn't good enough. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't strong enough. I didn't, wasn't pretty enough. Like all of these things started to play out and like, you know, being embarrassed to like go to the gym or do all these other things. I got to a point when I just, um, was like running myself into the ground and like my hormones totally got messed up. And like, that was just another sign that I had to do things perfectly where I was ending up living in like fear constantly of like 
eating because of the, I was like, finally got my six pack abs, but I wasn't even happy at that point in time. And it was just playing out like such fear of like having this perfect body, being the person that could lose the weight after the baby, being the person that would just like bounce back and this huge identity um, of my own of like being this person that was like, um, had their, had their stuff together, right. That I had my everything together. And I was like, like a perfect little box and nothing was like outside of that. And I think that was kind of like how it played out in my life, but in so many different areas, again, like hormones, all messed up, all these types of things that happened. Wow. It's amazing to see, like you said, how many different areas that it plays out in. Right. And so you're kind of having this standard for yourself that's set the bar so high that you're like, I'm, I'm not an achiever. I don't like, I'm not a perfectionist. I don't, yeah. I don't even achieve things. Right. So you were like, not even seeing that. And I, I think that's really normal. I think that's a typical response to it. So how did you let go of that perfectionism or what are, what are some ways that you help clients let go of that perfectionism? Yeah. I mean, a big one is kind of starting to celebrate your progress, right. Starting to find and recognize your progress. Is not even if it isn't like, on the physical side of things. Cause again, like a lot of it is the internal stuff, right? If we could feel better about our, our self in general, like we would be okay with like being a little bit heavier or whatever that ends up being for us. So a lot of it is like being able to celebrate those small little shifts and the small little wins. And I do that a lot with my clients with being like, you know, for hopping on a call, like really focusing on where, where are we doing well today? And then also, um, you know, with their check-ins and things like that, checking in and being like, you know, where, what are their biggest wins? But also we want to use our strengths. You know, I, as I said, I was a manager in IT, but we want to use our strengths and we really want to boost those up. And I think so often we so much focus on our weaknesses, right? Um, and like yeah. I talked about that client a second ago and her strength is really nutrition, right? She's like on point. It's like, she's like the perfect client with that. It's like, I don't have to worry about anything. And I think that's kind of like, a way to start to like release some of that perfectionism and also allow for it. So allowing for like maybe an untracked meal or allowing for, um, and starting to like recognize how, you know, like building awareness and times that like, maybe you wanted to do four workouts a week and the kid got, the kids got sick. Like we just had a snow day and like that it's not going to happen and checking in with yourself to like, how are you actually feeling during this moment? And how, how is it, you know, asking yourself, is it really true? Cause a lot of times we were creating a whole big story about what's happening here. Like if yeah. I didn't go to the gym, that means I'm going to gain all this weight back and I'm going to do this and it goes in the spiral. Right. And then that usually leads to like some sort of like constant, like spiral of like overeating or doing all these other things. And I think if we can start to recognize that and create more awareness and slow it down when it's happening, it can start to, um, you know, kind of release the need to be perfect. I also think too, like asking yourself, especially cause we're all going to have fall off track at some point in time, or like, feel like we made a mistake or something along those lines is like, ask ourselves like one, either like, <laughs> Would, how would I talk to my child if I, if I was in this situation or how would I talk to my friend if I was in this situation? So we can start to be like, okay, you know, I wouldn't beat my, I wouldn't tell my friend like, oh my God, you might as well just give up and eat the whole sleeve of Oreos. Right. But we tend to do those type of things. So being a little bit, you know, kinder to ourselves and everything else like that is, is really helpful. I think as far as releasing some of that perfection and just starting to like write down all your expectations. So often, like we have expectations to be like the perfect mom to like, whether your mom or not be made like employee, whatever that is, we have all these heavy expectations on ourselves to take a look at that. Cause once you realize how much you're committed to that, maybe what you're doing is actually good enough. And that start, you know, working through that is really big. Of course, like a therapist working through anything that feels like 
childhood stuff because I think a lot of the spawns from our childhood, right? In some way or another, we feel like we need to be a certain way to either be more loved or to be accepted or something like that. So digging deeper into what's going on and like the why behind that can be really helpful in uncovering and starting to release it. But intentionally like allowing for things to be imperfect can be kind of like a, a scary thing, but also good, right? It's just like with a client that may be um, afraid to eat certain foods because it's a trigger food and they're scared of it, but allowing that food or like maybe a bad food, a carb, something sugar or something like that, but starting to like allow that and just allowing to see how your body, how you respond and how you are in that situation kind of like, um, makes it easier to release the fact that it needs to be perfect. But I really do think it, it, it's like, we're naturally like, at least how this is how I grew up is like, I wasn't naturally positive. Like my brain always went to negative and we all have a negativity bias where we just constantly, like we see the negative and things, but starting to like check in with that and see it happen and then have a counter thought for that can be really helpful to start to break through some of that perfectionist tendencies. I do also think um, when it comes to that piece of it is that we create an identity of like, I'm a perfectionist. It's just like, anytime we say like the I am in front of our stuff, we're just putting a label on ourselves. So yes. I find that if we're just saying like, I am a perfectionist and I fall a victim to this all the time where I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And this is why I'm doing this. And I'm like, boy, Kim, that's like an, ex you know, I'm giving myself a little bit of an excuse there and I'm trapping myself into an identity that I don't actually have to fall victim to. Cause then I just get like, I stall and I, I like get, stuck, you know? Um, but those are the big things I think, you know, releasing perfectionism for me, I had to go through like a kind of spiral. I just said, I mentioned how my hormones got all messed up basically after both my kids, I never got my cycles back and I had to put on 25 pounds intentionally of basically body fat because of the fact that I was so low in weight. And so for me, Doing something and stepping outside of my identity was, I mean, I don't think people need to go and do that by any means, but it was something that really helped me let go of perfection to realize that um, like who I was expecting myself to be didn't have to be that way. And that it had nothing to do with about my body or anything like that, but truly how I felt about myself and less about what was going on in the outside. I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, that was so good. So good. Love it. Kimberly, I love how you talked about letting go of the idea of perfectionism. So when it comes to results, can you share some stories of how you saw that in your clients or because um, you kind of share the results that you saw in yourself of yeah. how that impact of letting go of the perfectionism and how the results that you see from that? Yeah, because once you start to like release that things need to be perfect or look a certain way, right? I feel like you can start to one build up confidence in yourself because you're going to start to notice those wins. You know, I see that with a lot of clients where um, they can start to celebrate their stuff before I even ask them. They're like already like, oh, well, I I I know this feels weird to say, but like I'm like excited the fact that I did X, Y, Z, or I, I like tracked my food and I hit my targets or I went on vacation and I didn't track all week and that I came home and like I, the scale didn't go up or anything like that, or I didn't feel stressed out. So, you know, when you start to see, recognize those little things or even more consistency, right? When you let go of that all or nothing thinking, which usually is tied to perfectionism, there's less of like 
like the ebbs and flows, right? The highs and lows where I'm off plan. And then all of a sudden I'm back on because I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to buckle down. Um, So when you start to see more consistency on the outside, again, you start to see more results. So if you do have a weight loss goal, or maybe you have a strength goal or like a physical or something like that, you start to see it on the outside. But again, it all comes down to the inside, right? You start to feel differently. Um, You're like less focused. And I feel like when you're constantly in that perfectionist place, you're really highly stressed, right? You're usually, if you think of someone who's like perfectionist or like tendencies and like, I can relate to a lot of this is like, you're just really feeling high, strong all the time. So it's like, almost like it feels a little bit easier, right? Like there's a lot less weight on you and you feel a little bit lighter naturally because you're doing this. And I think that's some of the results that you can really see, um, enjoying what you're doing and just like being proud of yourself. I think that's huge to be able to recognize that and just see, growth, even if it's small growth, you know, maybe it's not like the 30 pounds that you want to lose or like, um, I don't know, like working on a huge squat, but you may see small incremental changes because you're no longer holding that like high expectation and in, in guidelines of you. Um, but again, like I think goes back to like really looking deep into like why you're feeling not good enough. And like that type of stuff doesn't just disappear, right? It's being able to catch it when it happens and being able to recognize when that's happening and be like, oh, isn't that interesting, right? Like, you know, looking at it more as an observer, right? Um, and to be like, oh, isn't that interesting that I'm experiencing that? It was not funny that like this is happening and being able to look at things objectively rather than react and beat yourself up. Because I do think a lot of that's tied to like the way we treat ourselves is just beating ourselves up for things um, when we are trying to be perfect all the time. I love that. And then earlier in the podcast, you were talking about slowing down. And I just love that because oftentimes, you know, when it comes to fitness and people trying to lose weight, we're just so focused on, I want to get there. I want to get there, right? Like my end goal is just, just to lose that 50 pounds or 30 pounds or have that six pack abs. But then, like you said, you had the six pack abs mm-hmm. and you weren't happy, you yeah. know, like, you got to the result and all of a sudden, wait, like I thought this would make me happy and it wasn't. And it, it's just so inspiring because, you know, like if we look at it, it's not really all about the results. Yes. Like, I mean, that's why we do things right. Cause we want the yeah. results. If we don't get the results, we're not going to do it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, look past the results and focus on the process, like you said, and like just slowing down and celebrate those wins, those small moments, big moments, whatever comes in the journey. And I think that is what's going to make you happy when you get to the results, right? Yeah. And it's a practice, right? Like I said, we have like this natural negativity bias and that's to protect ourselves from like, you know, like mountain lions chasing after us or totally. like people that are like <laughs> sketchy and that we're like, okay, I'm going to stay away from this dude. Right. But it's like, we, when you start to naturally focus on like the positive things that becomes more of a habit. And like I said, it wasn't, it was, I don't feel like I was born more positive. Right. I feel like I naturally was like negative victim mindset growing up for a very long time. Um, and I think like when you can start to focus on those wins and like the positive things and not to be like, this is life is sunshine and daisies all the time, but like to start to focus on some of those things, it naturally will show up more often throughout your life. And it has that ripple effect. That's what I see a big thing 
thing with clients. It's like, they start to be like, you know, less perfect, like less focused on like perfection and stuff in like maybe their fitness journey, but it plays out in the rest of their life, right? Their relationships improve the way they are as a mom an employee, like all these things. Cause I mean, we can layer on so many different expectations. And like I said, it feels really heavy, right? It feels like I'm never doing enough. I need to be busier. And then no one wants to be that way. No one wants to feel busy all the time, but so many of us do because of all those like layers of like expectations and uh, standards that we have on ourselves for <laughs> that probably built up for so long. That's so great. Um, so it's something that you said that I kind of want to go into a little bit deeper. Uh, so you said for yourself, I think this is super normal. I know that I was this way too. Definitely kind of more of a negative person and had to kind of, I've definitely had to learn how to be more grateful and learn to celebrate wins. So what is a way that you help clients like learn to celebrate wins? If that's not something that comes natural, what does that, what does that look like for clients? Yeah. For in the beginning, I feel like for me, it's being able to recognize it for them and then just, you know, like reiterating, like some like highlighting some of the wins that they are celebrating. But then we just naturally, like I said, I'll start to be like, Hey, what, you know, like what was beginning beginning of a call or something, what went really well this week. Right. Um, things like that. And naturally they start to recognize those and they're ready and almost prompted to come up with those. So they're always like forward thinking of like, Oh, my next check-in, like, what do, what are we going to be talking about? But then they also just, because they're doing that and they're focusing on a win, they're just naturally focusing on other areas of their life that things are going more positive and everything like that too. You know, if I think back on like my life and like when I was like, wow, I'm really playing like victim and being really hard on myself. It was like a slap in the face to realize that like, I was creating my own destiny because I was making myself miserable, right? We create our own suffering. And that's so often, you know, it's so hard to like be accepting of that, but it's the truth. And I think for a lot of my clients, again, going into like the work of mindset and really digging into like, maybe even where this like need to be perfect is coming from and talking a little bit deeper into that. So they can start to recognize some of the things that are going well in their lives and creating more positive stuff. Because when you look back on it and it's like, I need to be perfect because, um, back in the day, the kids in sixth grade were all making fun of me because like, I, I don't know my body or something like that. We can easily look back and then, okay, like we, that's not true. You know, kids are just mean back then. And we can start to realize that like, we can forgive ourselves for trying to be like perfect all the time. And it's a little bit of forgiveness happening there too, when we're, um, creating all these like high expectations of ourselves. That's so funny. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, so this is like the third time this week that something along this realm has come up. And so, um, you know, then it's like synchronicity, something to it, got to say it. Right. Yeah. So just this idea of like our mentality, our thought process that we need to change our body to be loved or to be more perfect or whatever, that really we all need to be going through therapy before we're like, going into a fitness journey, right? Because it yeah. is so much about the mind mindset, because it is so much about maybe something that happened in sixth grade or whatever that you didn't think about. Maybe you're the girl who developed first in her class. And so you've kind of always been self-conscious about that, but you don't really tie things back to that. So anyway, it was just super, yeah, no, super interesting. A hundred percent. Like I'm not a therapist. So like I sometimes talk about my clients, like hit like background, but of course I'm not looking to resolve it or anything like that, fix it. But what we can do is we can look at patterns and how it shows up in our life. Right. Um, this need to be like belonging, right. 
maybe that time then like sixth grade, everyone was making fun of you or like this need to be a certain way. But a lot of times, you know, again, as children, like if we're told something like by our parents, like, oh my God, like, give me a second. I need to like a break. Like we feel like we are shut out and we feel like there's something wrong with us. And then all ties back to that. Like everything, you know, I don't want to blame our parents here, but because <laughs> then we do the same thing to our kids. But a lot of it plays out again to like childhood and how things happen in our lives and the way we see the world. And it's, it's truly like shifting the way that we're viewing things and putting a whole different like lens on when it comes to this and being able to release some of that. And again, it comes a lot to like an identity that we've built around perfectionism and what that means for us and how to like recognize that it's happening and that it's not, it's not like um, a fixed place for us. Right. We talk about like fixed and growth mindset, but like, that's like a belief that like, Oh, I can't change this. We can absolutely change it. Right. We have to believe that we can change it, but we can start to like recognize those little things, those little wins and those, how we're moving into the right direction. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Hey, Kimberly, um, earlier you were talking about how we need to learn to be kind to ourselves. So can you tell us why it's important for us to learn to be kind to ourselves and what does that look like to you? Yeah. And I think this comes again from my own journey because I used to think that I could just like hate myself then, right? If I could just be as hard as on myself, beat myself up, look at myself in the mirror and I call myself names, call it like, think I'm disgusting that I would take action. Right. And of course the action that you take and anytime you're taking an emotional reaction towards something like, maybe disgust or anything like that, that it, it's usually not the best action we're taking, right? We're usually going to like cut out all foods or go low carb, you know, like stream low carb or like do something that's not really going to be kind to our bodies and our minds. So it's really being, you know, self-compassionate with ourselves of like being nicer and recognizing when we are beating ourselves up, something like when I work with my clients and stuff like that, if we're recognizing like, oh, I look so frumpy or I'm like, they, you look at, listen to the words that we're saying, like words are really big, right? If we're just saying these negative things, like I'm so, you know, I'm so ugly. I have a spare tire, like all these negative like words that come out. Right. And it's these things I hear from my clients all the time is that like, are those helping you or are those hurting you? Right. And like, again, going back to like, can we speak to ourselves the way that we would a child? How can we do that? So we can move forward in the right direction to like, start to to take action in a way that makes us feel good. Right. Like, again, if we're coming from a place where we're disgusted with ourselves, we're not going to be moving into the right direction that we want to. We're not going to be, um, we're coming from like an emotional response of being negative, like in a negative response of like, Oh my God, I just got to do something really quickly. But if you can be more kind to yourself and treat treat yourself better, you're going to be taking better actions, right? You're going to be like, Oh, I'm going to go for that walk today because I feel good. Right. And I think a lot of times I talk to clients about being kind and like, um, you know, self-compassion. They're like, Oh, but if I'm too kind to myself, I'm just going to let myself slip. And that's not really the case, right? We have to be honest with ourselves. of like, am I not going for the walk because I just want to binge on Netflix? Or am I not going for the walk because like the kids, you know, like I've had a crazy day and I genuinely just need to like go in the bathroom and be by myself today. Like what is like the true thing? And when you can start to, again, not go, come from a place of like self-hate and self-love, then you can start to see more, um, more forward momentum and start to see some, um, like momentum in the right direction versus uh, the wrong direction. And I think for what that can look like is really just a practice of, again, recognizing your thoughts, right? Maybe writing down like daily, like how you're feeling for the day. Maybe there's a certain area that you're um, particularly struggling with. Like if it's like 
um, body image or something like that and where you're like beating yourself up on or maybe it's the fact that you've been struggling with emotional eating and that's like an area that you've been working on and recognizing like how you're treating yourself the words that you're using to yourself can be really helpful and being um, more compassionate with that something I've been learning a lot recently is being more compassionate with like my schedule like allowing that I can't put like a zillion things on my on my schedule and expect them all to get done because that's not being compassionate to myself and doing things like that too right can you truly get those seven workouts in a week? Probably not, right? That's what we, again, that's going to come back to being kind to ourselves. And that's how it can play out is being um, okay with where we are and that doing the best that we can and like setting up expectations for ourselves that are actually going to be able to follow through with. Love that. That's so Thank great. you so much. Yeah. Um, kind of piggybacking off of what you just barely said. So, you know, you know, you're, you're a mom, you're a business owner, and you have these personal goals that you're working towards too. So how do you navigate like working on some of those things and and being so busy and having the self-compassion and things like that too? Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know how I do it some days. Um, I've been in like harder times too, when I was working full-time and running a business and all of that, but I feel like it, time expands and it like shrinks depending on like your life. So I feel like for me, a lot of stuff is around like time management and intentionality. So being intentional with the things that I want to do, but also being realistic. And I have to be again, compassionate with myself, like with my schedule or the season that we're in, like we're going into lacrosse season and like kids have like practices 17 times a week and, and being compassionate with that type of stuff, as well as like you know, where I am physically in my body and stuff like that too. Like I'm going into a cut right now. So I know that I'm, you know, I need to like have a short season of this and I'm going to like, just allow for me to have a little bit more self-care during this time because I'm going to be more tired. Um, and also I think a big thing is finding, you know, support and, I'm a big believer, obviously, in coaching and always having like some sort of coach or accountability person to really help you, right? We're meant to be in a tribe and it's a lot easier to do when we have someone supporting us or a mentor to follow through. Um, For myself, I do a lot of like, you know, meditation and like, I used to think it was so like woo to like, I'm like, I would never meditate. I'm too busy for that. But it really has helped me bring down like my own stress levels of like, I'll be like in the frazzled mode, just like uh, running on like high frequency. And it just helps me bring down a lot. Um, But I do feel like, you know, using tools like that and thought work and stuff like that have really helped me manage it all. Like time bucketing is like, probably the best thing I can do, or just at least looking at my schedule every single week of being like, all right, let's be realistic. And I think it all comes down to like, what's realistic right now is right now is right now the right time to do X, Y, Z. And like, how can I move forward? Cause it's very easy for me to place like 17 goals on myself because that's just my personality, but yeah. I know I need to just like, Goes know that, that perfectionism like, again. Yeah, right. Right. And then <laughs> go climb like, Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> why can't I get any of my goals done? Cause I'm supposed to do like 17 things. I know if it starts to feel really heavy and like, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed that I'm like, I need to take a step back and check in with myself to see what's going on. Like, just for instance, this past week, we had three snowstorms. So the kids were home three days of the week. And I had like calls on like two of the days, like full, like back-to-back calls. And that was just like, had me a wake up call to be like, all right, I can do things perfectly when everything's going perfectly, but or not perfectly, but I guess I can do things and get through the day and have all of my, my checks and balances with meditation and this and that. But like, 
that was like the universe or something like telling me like check yourself because like we also need to like account for the times that life is going to be crazy and that's something else that I'm just kind of trying to be create more ease and flow into my life and allowing for that because that's what I'm looking for is like more ease flow not to be like you know one thing after the other and and like feel like this laundry list of things that I have to do every single day yeah, I think that's super important. And it's, it's hard. Um, will you kind of go into this a little bit more just for anyone who doesn't know? So you mentioned really quickly, um, time bucketing. So what yeah. exactly is that? Will you explain that? Yeah. So like, I, I like to consider myself a time ninja, but I'm really not because I'm still working on it. But something that I learned from corporate and when I was at a point in time, my husband was working third shift and I'd be home, like work full time, be on call and I'd have an infant and like a two-year-old. And so like, I need to be really good with my time. So time bucketing is really just one We It's hard for us to multitask, right? It's hard for us to go through like, I mean, we think we're multitaskers as moms and things like that. And we can do like multiple things at once, but it's really bucketing out um, certain things that maybe go together or creative time or focus time into your day. So say, um, you know, it's also looking into your schedule, right? So every week on like Sundays, like I'm going to check my schedule and be like, what's going on this week. So we have soccer and this and that and everything else. I have meetings with clients and like, how can I build out and bucket time? So maybe from like eight to 10 on Mondays, I have time for like creation time and I'm working on creating Instagram posts. And then like other periods of time, like from 10 to 12, I have a little bit of something else happening. Right. And knowing again, we have to be, when we're time bucketing, we have to be a little bit you know, kind to ourselves about like what we're fitting into that bubble. Um, but for me, it's really on Sundays, writing down everything that I have to do for the week and then trying to fit that into my schedule, but clumping together the things that, um, you know, I can batch together maybe, or that I'm really focused in on. So if I know we really truly only have about two hours of really focused time in our, with our brains. And again, I used to do this at corporate too. Like if I had projects, I know my, my Einstein hour, so to speak, is what they call it is like in the morning that I'm most creative, that I'm like on point, I'm most productive. And so I'm better at meetings later on in the day when my brain is like not always there. So that's how I play around with like time bucketing is like chunks of time and you're building out your, in your calendar. So you're scheduling blocks of time to accomplish different things and different tasks. The big thing about that is when you are time bucketing that you have, you don't just say like, working on that, you know, like working on something, like have you have yourself creating something or built, you know, like if you have uh, a project to do at work, or you have to like, um, I don't know, a portfolio, I'm just coming up with random stuff like that. This has to be completed within this time frame, or like five emails are created within like the hours of eight to 10, that something is app, like actually created at the end of that time, whatever that is for you. Mm, that's so smart. I love that. Yeah. And even as a mom, we can do that, right? laundry, like all these other things. Like if you, you know, laundry, you can probably do some laundry. I'm looking over there because I have a pile of laundry over there, laundry <laughs> and cooking at the same time. So you're time bucketing those types of things. If you are someone who's like at home or even on the weekends, like you can bucket that stuff together and we can um, combine it. You can usually be a little bit more productive and get more done throughout the day, but you can also be intentional because what you should be doing when you're time bucketing is like bucketing in lunchtime, a walk, self-care, like all those other things that are important to you. Those should also actually go in the calendar first. Mm, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Love that. Okay. I got a question for you, Kimberly. Uh, not Kimberly, Kim. <laughs> I'm going to get this right. <laughs> That's good. I don't care. I'm like so easy going. I'm like, whatever, you can call me anything you want. I don't even care. Kimmy. <laughs> Have you guys ever watched the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? 
I don't think so. Not oh, really. Okay. I, I've, I think I've seen like it. It's funny. Yeah, it's um great. Now I can't remember her last name. Ellie. Uh, she's Kemper. from Kemper. Yeah, she's from The Office. Did yeah. you ever oh, watch okay. The Office? Kim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, like, um, you'll have to watch the show, and then you'll get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, if you could pick a word for 2023, like a mantra, what would it be? A word for like yeah. myself? You're saying? Yeah, for yourself. I've had a <laughs> I had a hard time with this one. I was I was thinking of a word for myself, and it was like resil. I was thinking like resilience because I feel like that's something that I want to wor- work on. But I think probably the m- bigger uh, word for me is probably intentional because I think that ties everything together of being feeling intentional. And that's going to create that feeling of like peace and ease and stuff like that in my life and in my day to day. Awesome. It's a I great word. That. It is a great word. And do you have any other tips and tricks that you would like to share with us I think today? The- Yeah. The big thing is like, start to challenge, like I would say negative thoughts or like things that expectations of yourselves. Anytime you put that like word should in front of it and starting to challenge that, like I should be able to get six workouts this week or whatever that is. And really starting small with yourself, because I think that a lot of people struggle, a lot of women struggle with accountability. Right. But if we can start with maybe like smaller things and realize that we can still be accountable, but maybe we're just layering on too much stuff. Um, the other thing too, as I said, you can kind of as we look, talk back into like childhood and if you're thinking of like, oh, I'm just like so hard on myself, maybe even like writing a letter to yourself of like how you want to speak to yourself. Or like, maybe even if you picture yourself as a child, sometimes that can be helpful to like write a letter to yourself and kind of release this need to be perfect. And, and just kind of like, um, release all of that, the, the need for perfection, what that really means for you. And it's speak, you know, speaking kinder to yourself and stuff like that can be really helpful. I think too, like the last little thing is really just, again, focusing on the inner work. I think a, a lot is helpful. Um, it's helpful a lot. I mean, and I, for myself, it's like, just even writing down your thoughts or like talking out loud, like maybe not sound weird, like talking out loud, but if you have some like voice texting app or something like that and working through stuff through voice can be really helpful. Cause so often we're like, I don't need to do that. I don't have enough time, but we have so much in our heads until you get it on paper or until you get it out of out your mouth, you don't realize what's going on. So being able to just like check in with that to see why things aren't going your way or maybe why you're not being consistent or whatever that is for you. That's a great idea. I love so insightful. That. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, how can people connect with you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Kimberly Rose Platt. Um, you can also find me. I have a Facebook group. I have like changed the name of it like 20 times. So it is a macros metabolism and fat loss for women. So I'm in there and I'm, you know, um, I run challenges and other types of the fun stuff too, but you know, the gist of me is kind of like, I love macros and all of that stuff and that food mindset, as well as just like the general mindset and like, you know, self-compassion and releasing the, the need to be perfect all the time. Thanks so much. Join the MMFW group, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to change your name. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for coming and talking to us today and sharing your insights with us. It's super helpful. Yeah, no, we thank you for having it. me. It's been fun. Loved it. Thank you so much. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us on the Macros Universe podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed the topic for this week. We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast. 
Every rating helps the podcast grow. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Macros Universe and feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear about at the Macros Universe at gmail.com. Remember, as your friendly neighborhood coaches, we are here to grow and progress with you. We can't wait to chat again next week.